Welcome to Lighthouse Conversations, a time to explore the issues surrounding your everyday existence, your family, your community, your environment, your health and safety habits, your lifestyle, both physically and spiritually, will all be discussed here on Lighthouse Conversations. Let's get started and see just what we can learn to better your life. Welcome to another episode of Lighthouse Conversations. I'm Nathan Owens, and for the fourth episode in a row, I have in the studio with me Dr. Laureen Itterman. Dr. Itterman, thank you for joining me for yet another episode. Oh, again, I say it's such a privilege. Dr. Itterman has been serving the Lord Jesus Christ for over 70 years, and she's been serving in different roles, different opportunities, but for over 20 years, she's been serving in full-time Christian missionary work. Dr. Itterman, can you share with me some specific ways that the Lord is using you or those that you're working with in ministry? Well, for instance, we've talked about the pastors and those who are working. We are orphanages in our sports and camps and so forth. Uh, but we felt that God wanted us to reach taxi drivers. In Kishinaw, Moldova, which is the capital, you could go across the uh, city for about 3 or $4 in the taxi. It didn't even pay to own a car. In fact, they sometimes make about five lanes out of two or three <laughs> actual ones, and I never would buy a car. When I first moved there, I hired a driver. I was paying him about $400 a month. You know, he had to pay the gas and all, but still he would take me where I needed to go. And then I was teaching in this Bible college and visiting different people. Well, one snowy day, my translator and I were on our way to the Bible college. And to get to the church where the Bible college was held is a steep hill. It was icy and snowy. And the driver, a huge man, my driver was a huge man, was trying to get up that hill with this car, and he couldn't. So he asked my translator and asked me to please go out in the back and push him up the hill. So we went out without even thinking. We thought, well, we've got to get to class. Went out and started pushing our heavy set driver and the car up this icy hill. And I stopped and said to myself, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> and decided, no more driver. Now we are going to go by taxi, or we're going to go by trolley bus, or we're going to go by Mashutka, which is a van. The, the thing that might be interesting to the audience is they, when we first moved there, they don't believe in air. Like, I mean, fans and air conditioning, it'll make you sick, they think. So in the summer, if you get into these small areas, you're just about dying, you know. But anyway, so that took care of that. Okay, so we started going by taxi, and we found that 
you could start a conversation with taxi drivers. After some time, God laid it on my heart that we should start a taxi ministry. <clears throat> now, I wasn't quite sure exactly how we would do that. So I was praying, God, how do we start a taxi ministry? Not that we start driving a taxi, but rather we ride a taxi to where we're going and we present the gospel to the taxi driver. And this is what came to us. We'd get into a taxi and we noticed, because this is very Russian Orthodox, they would have an icon hanging around the rear view mirror. So again, we play, play it dumb. You say, what's that? Oh, that's my saint. Your saint? What do you mean your saint? Oh, that's Saint Nicholas. Well, why do you have him? Because he keeps me safe while I'm driving. He, that picture keeps you safe? No, no, St. Nicholas keeps me safe. Well, is he, is he alive? No. Well, how can a dead saint keep you safe? And then they just kind of like, you know, think about that. And uh, then I would say, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, that we can only go to the Father but by, by Jesus, not by saints. And we start developing that as far as our ride would go. But, of course, they have to have their job, too, you know. Well, sometimes the ride was long enough that some even would pray to receive Christ. Uh, but I'd say the majority of them, no, we were just a link in the chain. Yeah. And I think that's something we as Christians need to learn, too. Sometimes we're just a link in the chain that God's using. Some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. But I remember one time we were really going strong with this young man, and he was listening and so interested in our and our trip was over. And I just bemoaned the fact. I said, God, we didn't finish. And it's like God spoke to me in my inner heart and said, I'll take it from here. And I learned God's going to do the work. He sometimes has to teach me over and over again, you're not doing it. I'm doing it. You know, that God is doing yes. the work, not myself. And we have some whose mothers have been praying for them, and they'll even share, my mother's been praying, or they heard something. We had one case where someone, we shared the gospel, and he wasn't that interested, but we give a gospel of John or a Bible or whatever, and a phone number in case they wanted to call. And for a year, no one called uh, this one guy. His name was Oleg. Uh, and then after a year, he called, and he said, I need to talk to you. So my translator, who had worked with him, went down uh, thinking that he wanted to be saved. And when uh, the translator opened the car door, the taxi door, this Oleg said, Welcome, brother. Hmm. He had been saved. And how had God done it? After that... He happened to turn his radio on and heard someone preaching. And he found out this preacher was in Kishinaw. 
So he went to visit his church. He was so impressed with that preacher, and as a result, got saved. Amen. Yes. So you see, God, we were the link there, and God showed us, you're a link sometimes. Dr. Itterman, you have had many years of experience of seeing God open doors, close doors, seeing God prepare, seeing God allow struggles in order to prepare for future ministry. What advice do you have for the young person, or maybe the not-so-young person, who is trying to decide a career path or what to pursue in life? All I can say is, you pray, and you may not get any answer in your mind. You may even start going in another direction, not willfully. I thought I was going to Peru when I finished my doctorate to work with the Peruvian government and Wycliffe Bible translators as a liaison person. And I had made arrangements already to go to Norman, Oklahoma to study linguistics, but I became uneasy then. And this was interesting to me. Instead, God led me to teach in universities, and that's when God taught me that it's not what you want to do, it's what I want to do through your life. And it's to me, missions was more noble than teaching in a university, right? It was more spiritual. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that. Yes, but God was saying, no, I want you to do this way. You obeying me and going in my direction is more meaningful to me as God than for you to pursue what you want to do. So that's what we have to do. Sometimes you might start in another direction, but then he will make you uneasy. But he sometimes takes you through that experience because he's teaching you some. He's teaching you all the time. And and it doesn't go your way. His way is different. Your ways are not my ways. You know, there's a verse right? to that. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome having a God who sees the big picture oh, and is in control of things. Yes. Yes. Dr. Itterman, you've referenced over the last few episodes how people that you work with or you yourself have opportunity to minister to especially three people groups, Jews, atheists, and Muslims. And I want to spend the rest of this episode talking about How do I witness to my friend or my neighbor who is an atheist or who is a Muslim or who is a Jew? Let's start out with the atheist. How how do I witness to an atheist? What words of advice or encouragement can you give? Okay, I'll tell you how we work with atheists, and it seems to work. And, uh, of course, you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in what you do. But first of all, you build a relationship with them. They tell us, we know you love us. Now, the only one who can put that love in your heart is God himself. And when they say, if they ever come to the time, they say, we know you love us. 
we say that's not our love, our selfish love. That's the love of Jesus Christ coming through to you. Mm-hmm. That's what we tell them. But that doesn't always come at the first. We don't worry at the very beginning to to try to choke them with God, with Jesus, with church, with baptism. But isn't that what a good Christian would do? <laughs> you have to wait. You need to wait. Well, even Jesus did in his miracles before he presented the spiritual truth behind them, the miracles, yeah. remember? Interesting thought. Yeah, because, and then they couldn't, some of them couldn't take that. And that can happen. But we love on them. God has to give you a love for the person to whom you minister. And you must pray for that love if you don't have it. And you go, and the love will come through because there's just something there that is like, I don't know how to describe it, wavelengths or something that reaches the other person. They just see it in your eyes and the way you handle them. Don't go to someone first thing off and say, if you don't get saved today, you're going to the lake of fire. That's not building a relationship. But some people get so hung up on relationships that they never share the gospel. So you have to be careful about that too. You say, So you got to strike that balance. Yes, you have to strike the balance. So How do you know whether you're in the correct balance or Okay, not. by letting them talk. This is how we do with the atheists. We will go to them, and like with our Jewish atheists, we will uh, take food. But even just Russian Orthodox, and you, you ask some questions. I was sitting in the taxi with a Russian Orthodox gal, and I asked her, I said, uh, what church do you go to? And I usually don't ask that first off, but she was in the taxi. It's going to be a short ride. And she said, I'm Russian Orthodox. And I said, well, I have a question about the Russian Orthodox Church. I said, I don't understand. Why do you pray to icons? And she said, we don't really pray to icons. We just pray in front of icons. And I said, oh, okay. But you don't criticize them, you know, like saying for that. And I said, well, listen, I just happened to have this little booklet with me. I want to share this with you. And it was something kind of like the wordless book, but it was a little different. And I I said, what do you think of that? She said, that really sounds good. Well, then her ride was over because the taxi driver picked her up and let her go. And then we went on. But I still pray for her every day. I expect to see her in heaven someday. You have to have that expectancy. You have to have that faith that God set, sent this situation to you for a purpose. But let's get back into the apartment when we're talking to these atheistic Jews. We say to them that we're Christians. We say, do you believe in God? And that we believe in God. Do you believe in God? No, I'm an atheist. Oh, really? Uh, why are you an atheist? Well, because there's no God. Oh, that's interesting. You don't criticize them. You just listen to them. And then we'll say, but we believe in Jesus. Oh, Jesus is for the Gentiles. That's what we've always been taught. But we said we don't understand that because Jesus was a Jew, and the disciples were all Jews. Why why do you say that? Because we've been taught that. 
So you don't criticize. You just let them, then you know where they are, see? And you keep seeing them. That's what won this one atheist to Christ. She said, you still kept coming back and loving me. And in the end, she did receive Christ. Because we have found out, this is so sad. Do you know, with most of our Jewish people who have died, 30-some died, about 36, I think, was the last count. When they die, we are the only ones at their funeral. Wow. No friends or family? No. Why now, some that? have family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why do you figure that is? They, they're just abandoned hmm. because they're poor. They can't give anybody anything. You see, people who are not Christians have to have something for themselves. And if you can't give me something, I don't care anything about you. Wow. It's really sad, very sad. So the main thing is, I feel, if you have, say, a Russian Orthodox, ask them to explain to you their religion and tell them, well, you explained yours. Do you mind if I explain mine? And uh, see if there's any similarity between the two. But don't threaten them. Don't make them have to defend themselves. Okay. You see? Like, we, we... are now working with a Jewish teenager. The first time I went to see him, I asked him what he thought about God and what his religion was. And he said, well, I believe everybody has their own religion. You know, everybody can believe what they want to believe. And I said, well, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, okay, I believe in Jesus. But I said, how do you counter what he said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Then he's limiting. And he just listened and all like that. I said, was Jesus a liar? He said, no. Well, I said, then how do you explain that everybody can have their own way to go to the Father, God? And he was stumped. Well, we kept coming, going to see him. I have a teenager who works with him, one of, from the church. He started coming to church. We helped him get some training so he could have a job. His father died even within this not even a year. All this is happening. And the, just about three weeks ago, he wrote and said, I'm going to stop church. I'm no longer interested in being with Christians. And if I ever want to talk to you, I will I will let you know. We were devastated. Mm-hmm. We put so much time and effort and prayer into John, and he wrote that. So we started praying. And a week later, he wrote back, I'm coming back. He said what I thought it was going into didn't turn out to be what I thought it would be. Wow. So prayer, listen, for anything you do, prayer is a foundation because then God gets the credit. God gets the glory. If you do it on your own with your own strength and not with your own wisdom, you get the glory. And God's after the glory. 
So don't try and take God's don't glory from Don't take him. it away. You know what's happened to yeah. some. Remember Herod yeah. was taking all yeah. that glory he got. Definitely don't want that no, end result. No, don't want that. <laughs> You're listening to Lighthouse Conversations. I'm Nathan Owens, and in this episode, we are continuing a discussion with Dr. Laureen Itterman, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. She's been serving the Lord for over 70 years in many different avenues of ministry, and presently, she is serving in the country of Moldova and is assisting others to assist with many different ministries, including a taxi ministry and pastors. And I have forgotten the whole list of countries that you mentioned. Some of them are even closed countries, but working to reach Jews and Muslims and Russian Orthodox and atheists, and the list goes on and on and on in camp ministries. Dr. Aderman, how do you reach a Muslim? It seems like Islam is becoming the forefront of the news in the Western Hemisphere about suicide bombers and almost to the point where there's almost some people who have a fear of Muslims and Islam. Mm -hmm. How do you overcome that and how do you reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because they are very devout people, if you can stereotype a whole religion, uh, very devout religious people. Well, some of them are very devout, Mm. but others are just nominal, as we would say, nominal Christians or whatever, too. And But God is working among the Muslims. Uh, Great things are being done. One thing you have to do with Muslims is let them know, again, that you care about them. All of us have this innate desire to be accepted by others, to be respected by others, to be valued by others. And remember, they are God's creation. God has created Muslims, and so they are valuable. Jesus died for them as much as he died for us. I believe God loves them as much as he loves us because he sent his son sacrificed his only son for them. So we've got to get out of the idea that we're better than they, that we are more valuable in one sense. In one sense, yes, we are his children, but they have a right to become his children too. And we weren't always his children. No, no, we were not. So first of all, we have to respect them and honor them. I was just thinking, when I was teaching in one of the universities before I became a missionary, I lived in a townhouse, and next to me moved in a Muslim family. And I got to be great friends with one of the gals and learned a lot about the Muslim way of life, about their religion, but even more than that, just their way of life. And when Ramadan came along, they invited me to their meals. So I saw how they did all of that. So Just think back there, God was preparing. And this is one little item I'd like to say to all. God doesn't waste anything in our lives. What do you mean by that? I mean that, remember when Jesus performed the miracle of the loaves and fishes? Yep. What did they do after? They collected them. They collected everything. Go back, and maybe some are too young to do this yet, but I can at my age. I can go back 
and I can see instance after instance where God led because of what he wanted me to do Hmm. in the final analysis. Yes, and that's exciting to think. Sometimes we go off the wrong path. I have gone off the wrong path as his child, and I've been disciplined, but I learned through that. Yes, he didn't waste that one either. And so now I'm trying to be much more careful to follow and not get off of the path. I'm not saying I'm still perfect, and I guess I won't be, but till heaven. But nevertheless... Are there things that I should not do when trying to reach my Muslim neighbor? I, w- I would not try to get into an argument with him. Okay. I wouldn't. I would just, I would feel free and build this relationship, invite them to your home, do things with them that are just have a barbecue with them or whatever, you know, just social things. Mm-hmm. And then even when they walk into your home, sometimes they'll see uh, plaques or pictures or some kind of way of showing you're a Christian. Right. And then I would ask them, you know, you're Muslim, and I'm really curious, what do Muslims believe exactly? Like, not a threat, but just let them share, and then they don't feel threatened. You don't want them to be in a position where they feel threatened. Let them share, and then you say, well, do you mind if I share what I believe? But you still are kind to them. You still have this relationship. And then God will allow some things to happen. Now, Josh McDowell, who works with, you know, so many of them, uh, says so many are having these dreams and they're coming to Christ. Maybe they'll start having some experience. But pray for them. Pray for them every day, faithfully. I'm still praying for an imam to whom I witnessed many years ago. Every morning I'm praying for him. Mm. And I've picked up a few more that I'm praying for. Dr. Aderman, we have two minutes left in this episode. Anything that you would like to share with the listener about how the Lord is working or how to make sure that we are prepared to be used of the Lord? Okay, the main thing is our relationship with God. Build that relationship so you're intimate with God. What a wonderful thing to be able to have someone say that Abraham was a friend of God. Hmm. Just to think, we're his children. Call him Abba. Call him Papa. Get to that place where you don't feel uncomfortable to do that. Then if you're in that relationship with him, then what will come is flow out these living waters that Jesus talked about. You will be so, God can use you because he's got control of you, just totally, wholly control of you. Talk to him all day. That's not, if you're close friends with someone and they're with you, you can talk to them. If you don't know what to do, just say, and I do, Papa, what can I do? Give me wisdom. What should I do here? And he always gives me encouragement. I'm right here. I'll help you. 
Dr. Itterman, thank you very much for joining me for these episodes of Lighthouse Conversations. Is there a way that the listener can get in contact with you, maybe through email? I'll be happy to give my email address. It's Laureen, L-O-R-E-E-N, at E as in egg, P as in Paul, B as in Bob, F as in Fred, I as in ice cream. I still like ice cream, okay? <laughs> Dot com. Now, I'm not sure I'll remember those exact things, but let me just go over the letters again. It's Loreen, L-O-R-E-E-N, at E-P-B-F-I dot com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lighthouse Conversations, and be sure you join us again next week for another exciting episode of Lighthouse Conversations. Thanks for listening in on our conversation. We trust that it was beneficial to you as you continue to develop a more meaningful life. Do you have a topic or a guest you would like us to have a conversation with for a future episode on Lighthouse Conversations? We would love to hear your suggestions. Send us a mail at Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. P.O. Box 1057, St. John's, Antigua, or Lighthouse, B-I-M-I, at gmail.com. Or give us a call at area code 268-462-1454. Or send us a message via WhatsApp or text at area code 268 782 one four five four.